Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. It's yet another episode of the AI Partnerships Podcast, and I'm your host, Anne Chang from Supercharged Lab. And today, guess what? We're so delighted to introduce Dorian Keegan, and he is the founder and president of AI Redefined. Now, AI Redefined is a Montreal-based startup whose vision is to perfect the synergy between humans and AI to face the challenges of securing a brighter and more ethical future together. Prior to starting up AI Redefined, Dorian has shipped 17 video games in multiple roles ranging from design to production. He also co-founded the BioWare Montreal Studio and helped it to grow to over 100 people. Finally, Dorian introduced and evolved agile production methodologies and tools to multiple companies as well as drove the implementation of a distributed leadership or teal system. Other than all the said achievements, Dorian is also a very active member of the Montreal AI Ethics Group and a strong believer in taking key actions today to nudge humanity towards a good future. Well, a huge warm welcome to you, Dorian. So other than what I've just said about your amazing accomplishments, tell us a little bit, a bit more about yourself, your backstory, and really the story of how you landed up founding AI Redefined. Thank you, Anne. Thank you for having me. Uh, and yeah, I mean, you, you already alluded a bit to my origin story, but uh, prior to being in the AI industry, I was essentially in the video game industry, uh, worked there for close to two decades. Uh, and... Uh, what is interesting, I, I deeply loved working in that industry. I'm a huge video game fan, uh, but uh, kind of a change happened in around 2014, I would say, where uh, I was in a really good position. Uh, like you mentioned, I co-founded the Bauer Montreal Studio. We grew it to over 100 person. I deeply cared about most of the people because I was part of a hiring. Uh, I had really good stock options. You know, Bauer was acquired by Electric Arts. Uh, uh, we had massive success, both critically on the Mass Effect franchise, as well as commercially. So, you know, I, I was in a position where a lot of people would like to be in. And despite all that, my motivation was just slowly fading away, right? And what is interesting is at, at the moment, I didn't really understand it. I was like, do I have franchise fatigue or, you know, what is really happening to me? And, uh, uh, you know, through the company, there was that sort of program of sabbatical. But if you're seven years with a company, then you can go on a sabbatical uh, for, for several months, right? And uh, and while taking my sabbatical, it finally got me the time to think and understand what was happening to me. And what's happening, actually, I mean, it's, it's, in hindsight, it's obvious, right? But... My first daughter was born in 2014, and even though I still very much like video game, I didn't care that much about them because the thing I cared the most about in the entire world was my daughter, right? And it made me change a bit the way I think and my timeline. It's like uh, what was the most important for me was to make sure that my daughter is going to have a long and prosperous life. And so suddenly, uh, some of the challenges that the next generation is facing started to become a lot more important to me. And so I came out of a sabbatical with, wow, if I, I really want to have an impact on my daughter's life, outside being a good parent, obviously, is I need to work on some of the challenges that the next generation is facing, right? And so I came with a list, actually, uh, out of that sabbatical. And my list was uh, 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 basically uh, climate change, uh, 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 
and in general uh, uh, um, uh, uh, drinkable water uh, energy uh, and uh, 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 waste management and artificial intelligence right um, funny story I shared that with colleagues back at the time and one of the colleagues said hey it's a pretty good list Dorian but uh, you're you're missing virus mutation and pandemic. <laughs> I didn't understand it back then. Now I do now. <laughs> but uh, within that list, what ranked the highest for me, both in terms of impact and where I could really uh, have uh, uh, also my own impact on it was actually artificial intelligence, right? Uh, and mostly because I had several friends working in the tech community on AI and I was a lot more familiar with the subject than I was with the other subject, right? Um, and so in 2014, I started to join also the Montreal AI Ethics Group, uh, which became later on the uh, uh, Montreal AI Ethics Institute. Uh, and this is where a lot of been part of a lot of conversation, met a lot of people, and this is where I took a lot of inspiration for what will be later on AI Redefine. Um, so I had then a second daughter in uh, uh, 2016, and uh, I used the paternity leave to start to build the business plan. <laughs> and uh, in uh, early 2017, uh, 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 I kind of aligned myself with uh, uh, other co-founder, Francois Chabot, the technical founder who was working on uh, machine learning applied to cybersecurity at Google. Um, and so together we founded the company, which become, you know, incorporated was around the middle of 2017, along with a few other people. And so, uh, so that's the origin story. Now, why did I create AI Redefine? Uh, it was um, the, the change uh, to, or the parting shift that we're living through right now, where we're moving from uh, what used to be uh, coded computers, right, where uh, basically you provide providing computer instruction and the computer does and follows this instruction, which is pretty much how you can think of computer. Uh, to self-learning computer is just absolutely massive. And we're very much at the still very infancy of it. Uh, I think AI is both one of the most overrated and underrated technology at the same time. It's overrated because people see a lot more when it's truly capable to do, right? Even as impressive chat GPT is today, and it's extremely impressive, we're still very far from human capability, but people project human capability to it, right? Uh, uh, and it's underrated because people have a hard time seeing what the true impact is of a self-learning system that keeps evolving along with compute evolving and a lot of phenomenon is literally creating a new form of intelligence, right? Uh, now, it may take several decades, you know, before it reaches to our level, comparable level. But, you know, we've been always the dominant form of intelligence on Earth since ever. So having any other form of intelligence to a very high level is a very, very big deal. And again, I'm not thinking about my lifetime. I'm thinking about my daughter's lifetime. The likelihood of happening uh, uh, it during my daughter's lifetime is extremely high. And so for me, it's very, very important that we figure out a good way to align without growing intelligence. And that is the reason of the creation of AI Redefine. That is uh, really impressive and that's a great uh, origin story. So let's talk a little bit about Cogment. Um, how does Cogment work? What is it, first of all, and how does it work? And really, how does it answer complex and really critical problems with innovative products that rely on um, AI, a, a very novel AI approach as compared to the, you know, the old legacy ways that we define AI? 
So uh, let me start a bit with what we're trying to solve with Cogment as more of a technical problem, and then I'll be moving and explaining what are today's business application of it, right? Um, so the original problem we're trying to solve was the fact there was a disconnection between how AIs are trained, right? and when I mean AIs, I mean you know a self-learning system, uh, machine learning type, and, uh, uh, and, and, and how they disconnected from the human as part of a training, right? So you can think of there's really two main methods for an AI to learn, right? There is supervised learning, which is the method in which an AI is learning by seeing pattern in a very large amount of data, right? And so the interaction it's having with human is quite limited. I mean, uh, human can do the labeling of the data, but it's very indirect result. It's learning from human data, basically. And the second method uh, called reinforced learning, a very potent one, uh, is a method in which VEI is learning by a principle of try and error. It tries something, fails, then tries again, fails, and it has a scoring mechanism called rewards to basically determine what is the sort of ideal path it needs to go to, right? Uh, but the way it learns here is it learning by going at superhuman speed. Let's imagine you're training a reinforced learning AI agent to play chess. Uh, it will be planning like the equivalent of thousands of years of human chess in a matter of weeks or months, depending on the compute power you have, right? And so uh, because it's learning at superhuman speed, you know, unless you figure out a way to train it alongside Flash of Superman, which we haven't, uh, it's quite difficult to, to put a human in the loop in there, right? And so the flaw in here is that you're basically training AIs in kind of a disconnected way from human. And this is why a lot of the first generation of AI solution are a lot around automation, right? Um, and you have very few elements that are really potent on human augmentation just because it's not the nature in which we train AI, right? And so this is what we wanted to change with Cogman, which is uh, provide people the ability to train an AI in real time alongside a human, right? And so what Cogman does is, uh, it, uh, it allows you to train what we call intelligence ecosystem, right? Uh, an intelligence ecosystem uh, can have in it a different form of uh, self-learning uh, agents, uh, machine learning base. It can have non-self-learning agent and it can have human, right? And you can put all this training process basically all together in real time. And so what is, what is the value of doing this? Well, there's a, a few things. Uh, the first one, is uh, there quite a bit of situation in which uh, you want to benefit from the capabilities of an AI, right? Because the amount of data to deal with is just too complex, for example, for human human being, or just, you know, the combinatory scale of a problem is very well suited for artificial intelligence. But we're at the same time understanding the context, having really good judgment reasoning, really, really requires to have a human that is still in there, right? And so those are really good use cases for Cogman and for apps, right? And so let me talk about one of the first use cases we had was on uh, basically, um, you know, uh, the equivalent of 911 services here in Canada, uh, which is, you know, the dispatching of, uh, of, uh, of you know, ambulance, fire talks, uh, different police elements. And so uh, the problem there is that, uh, the people working there, uh, outside of working in a very successful environment, have a very uneven workload, right? So sometimes nothing is happening or you just have in one incident, you can fully focus on it, right? And some other time, I don't know, you have a big hockey match, 
it's a full moon and whatever other things are happening. And you have to deal with like 20 incidents at the same time, right? Or you have a big snow uh, storm or whatever, right? And the problem is uh, they have the data that human can handle a few incidents quite well, but the more they start to handle, the, the more mistakes they do. And obviously it's problematic here because we're talking sometimes life and death situation, right? And you cannot staff magically at three o'clock in the morning and have five people that appear to help you, right? And so uh, this is why it makes it a very well-suited situation for artificial intelligence, right? But artificial intelligence is not capable of context reasoning, right? So you don't want it to do any form of mistakes that you know may cost also human life. And so what we do is we 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 put uh, VEI in an apprentice relationship with a human. Uh, what that means is that basically uh, VEI is learning on the job alongside the human, and the human is giving it a, a level of uh, autonomy which is only based on what it's capable to do, right? And we're training the VEI with the human in simulation first, even before being set into a, a real operation. Uh, the second element is we have that concept of dynamic autonomy, right? Which is that the AI is going to take very few initiatives uh, while the human is not overwhelmed, right? Uh, and is more acting as a learner and providing a few recommendations here. Hey, you should send a fire truck here, but it's really the human that had the last goal. And then when you have a lot of incident happening, then what is happening is the AI is going to start to take initiatives, right? It, it knows that the human is overwhelmed. It pushes the human to be really focused on what are the more important incidents and will be taking care of minor incidents, but just in order to reduce the cognitive load of the human, right? Uh, and, and finally, what we learned for that, uh, uh, that whole project is actually AIs are really, really good at certain things. Like, for example, if you want to optimally dispatch the imbalance that is the closest to a specific incident point and, you know, take care of the best route for traffic and everything, AI systematically beats the human. Right. Uh, at low complexity, even a physical server, which is not machine learning, at high combinatory problem, a machine learning agent. Uh, but reversely, there are certain situations in which you don't want at all to have an artificial intelligence. Like, you know, someone is calling and is like, hey, I like to order a pizza. Good luck training an AI to make it understand its innuendo. As the human immediately gets it, it's like, okay, if you're in danger, say cheese. If the aggressor is close to you, uh, say tomatoes. If you want me to send a police car, just say extra cheese or things like that, right? Uh, and so it's a really good example of basically uh, human mission collaboration. And there's plenty of other of them. And this is pretty much uh, the business in which we are. That's amazing. Well, it seems like it, that's all the time that we have for today. Dorian, let's share with our listeners, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, and so obviously you can go to our website, which is ai-r.com, and you know there's a contact page there. If you are a machine learning researcher, or if you're a bit more knowledgeable on things like multi-agent reinforced learning, or you want to try Cogment, Cogment is also available in open source. We have plenty of collaboration with academics. The web address is cogment.ai, and and you know if you want to try out Cogment, we'll be happy to help you and to set you up. Sounds perfect. Well, thanks everybody. To all our listeners, thank you for tuning in once again and look out for our next episode of AIP Podcast. It's once again me, Anne Cheng from Supercharged Lab, signing off on behalf of the AI Partnerships Corps. Thank you and good day. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.